Welcome all to Parshas Matas Mase 5783. Uh, we have so many good ideas to learn about today that are all about our journey. Everybody talks about their journey and all the stops along the way. Yeah. Okay, Tanya, go ahead with your dedications. Let me just, um, I'm, I'm allowing Tanya to unmute herself. Go ahead. Unmute yourself, Tan. I don't know how she muted Tanya, unmute yourself. Hello. Hi. Okay, go ahead with your dedications. Hi, everybody. Okay, so are we ready? Hold on a minute. I just had them here. Okay, dedications. Rifki Young Rye, thank you, Tarkadosh Baruch for continued good health for Goldel Yehuda Ben Reiser and Rufu Shalema Bakarov Lechale Yitzrayim. Jenny Felder, Lilo Nishmat, her father, Zev Ben Eliyahu Yosef. Hilda Zoldan, Refuash Lema, for her friend who was in intensive care, Basha Batia Basrachalea. Bundy Berkowitz and her mom, Gloria. Bundy Hershkowitz. Bundy Hershkowitz. Sorry, Bundy Hershkowitz. Sorry, Bundy. Um, I'll change that. Um, in memory of their, fa of their father and husband, um, Eli Melech ben Yitzhak Soswein, who is outside today, his Bobayon. And Beth Honig, Lilo Nishmat, her father's 11th Yartzite, which was on Monday. Shmuel Eliakim ben Yehoshua. Okay, away you go, Esther. Amen. All the four Shalemas and Aliyah Nishamas. Okay. The, this is, we are closing in on the end of Sefer Bamidbar. And the entire Sefer Bamidbar really has many sub-themes, but one overarching theme. It's the difficult process of progressing from Har Sinai into Eretz Yisrael. It didn't go so smoothly. Lots of stalls along the way, particularly the main stall. The main thing that stalled them was the, the Miraglim. And that led to their long 40-year wanderings in the desert. If you Google 40, the map of the wanderings of Amishol in the desert, the 42 stops, you'll see a map. They're like all over the Sinai Peninsula. When they literally could have gone from Goshen straight into and up the coast into Israel. But Agodesh Baruch Hu put us through this 40-year process for a reason, and that's what we're going to think about today. So we're going to take it on many, many levels. Okay, we're going to start with a more of a shot, and then we're going to see that the shot is already leading us into a deeper levels, and then we're going to get into a mystical idea that, due to the you know last couple hundred years that these type of ideas have become more available and popular and taught and learned, we can start to understand them, and get to how it relates to us personally. So we have an agenda here, ready to go. So the parasha starts Elamasa Benesrol. These are the marches or the Masaot, the travels, the journeys that Benesrol took from there since they left Mitzrayim under the leadership of Moshe and Aaron. Okay. And Moshe wrote them all, uh, all of their goings out and their travelings, Alpi Hashem, according to Hashem. And these are their travelings and they're going out. There's tons on these two Pesukim alone. The difficult part in preparing a class is cutting out all the things you can't say. <laughs> okay, and focusing on what we are gonna, going to bring our attention to. So starting with Rashi, okay? I want you to read it yourself, but essentially Rashi goes through it and says, it shows the chesed of a Baruch Hu that Hashem Baruch Hu did not make us travel 
to 42 places in 40 years. Really, the bulk of the movement was in the beginning from Har from Mitzrayim to Har Sinai. And then after Aaron died from, you know, once they were ready to go into Israel straight into Israel. And the rest of the 40 years, there were really 20 movements. So they some they were in one place for 19 years. So uh, some of the times there was a two-year stay here and a two-year stay there. And, and Rashi explains how this is Chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and how despite all the failings along the way, yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu shepherded them and kept them moving forward and brought them into Israel. But then Rashi adds something else. And he says, but Rabbi Tanchuma all says, now that's the Medrash Tanchuma, also in Medrash Rabbah, there's something else going on here. Okay, why is Moshe repeating all of them? Why was Moshe commanded to write them all down? Why do we need to go through this entire itinerary of which stop, where they went, and what was the name of all the stops? So Medrash Tanchuma says, says like this, it's a mushal. And whenever, don't forget, my grandfather always told me this, we've repeated it many times, the Gemara, which means the Agadita part, the Midrashim part, okay, is written in code language, in riddles, in analogies. It is not written in essay form. And therefore, that's why Torah Shemalpeh always needs a Rebbe. You cannot open any piece of Torah Shemalpeh, read a Medrash, and take it literally. Anything, not even any word, really. Okay. So, Rav Tamechuma gave another explanation. He says, "There's a med. this is a Medrash. It can be compared to a king whose son was ill. And when he took him to a distant place to cure him, when he returned home, the father began to enumerate all the stages, saying to him, here we slept, here we caught cold, here you had a headache. Now, each one of these things means something. So what's the basic nimshal? Kodesh Baruch is finally about to bring them, and they're about to go into Israel. Now they review the journey along the way and how many, all the different episodes in the journey where the patient was not well, by different sorts of not being well. Here you were sleeping all day. Here you were shivering and you were just cold. There's no body temperature heat. Here your head was hurting you. These all mean something. And this is where you were not well and you were not on the top of your game and you were not thriving and you were not who you should be. You were weakened by all sorts of maladies. Okay. All right. So this is a basic approach with looking at the 42 Masa'ot, the 42 encampments, the journeys and encampments. They're all, according to the Medrash, representing episodes, places in this journey where the Jews were not well. So looking at that, at it from that perspective helps you sort of sort things out because when you start looking through the list, my, this comes from my grandfather in the Mayan base of Shueva, on Masse, you start looking through the, you start looking through the list. And my grandfather makes a very, very tell, uh, important observation. This is, you wouldn't write the list this way. You know what's not in the list? <laughs> not in the list, uh, the Yamsuf, Kriyas Yamsuf, uh, Har Sinai, Midbar Sinai, that they've got the Torah, um, the place where the Mon began, okay, in Rafidim, uh, the Nisim at Mara, where the water became um, sweet, uh, the building of the Mishkan. There's no there's like no, the significant events are left out. And more than that, when the Torah goes through these particular stops along the way, it seems to throw in random information, such as that they came out of Egypt. Now, what's, what's Umitzrayim, Mekabrim, Esasher, 
hukah bahem. And Mitzrayim was burying those that had been slain, right? Kol bachar, every firstborn, ube Eloheim, asa Hashem shofatim, and God had done all sorts of, you know, destructive um, signs to their gods. Why is that there? What does that do with the name of a place? And what about this? Vayisu me'etam, they traveled from Etam, Vayashav al-Pihachirot, they came to Pihachirot. This happens to be where the Yamsuf was, no mention. Asher al-Pnei Baltzfon, that happened to be, there's a big shrine there to a big idol called Baltzfon. And it was right in front of Migdal. So it's telling you places, but not even mentioning what happened. What's going on here? And why do we need to know that there's an idol called Baltzfon, a shrine over there by the Yamsuf? What about this? That's the only mention. They went through the middle of the water, Hamidbara, to the river, to, to, to the Midbar. And they walked three days in the desert and they got to Mara. Nowhere else does it say three days. It doesn't tell us how many days between the trips. Like there's just random information thrown in. What is going on? There's obviously, there's obviously a method here. Something is being taught, taught us. Vayisumi Mara, they come, they leave Mara, they come to Elema, and you know what's there? 12 wells of water and 70 um, palm trees, and they camp there. So it tells us tidbits here and there, but then it just it goes on through lists. And then um, one last example, Vayisumi Alosh Vayachnu Burfidim, Rafidim is where the man started, doesn't say a word. There was no water. And by the way, there's three specific um, pieces in this list where they emphasize something to do with water, but we're not going to talk about that now. All right, so what's the key here? We need the key. This is what my grandfather explains. And it goes back to what Rabbi Tanchuma said. The entire list is a catalog of the episodes through the 42 steps of the journey where Amishol was unwell. What does it mean, unwell? When somebody's sick here, you had a fever, here you were freezing, here you slept all day. What does it mean? It means you couldn't get up, you couldn't play, you couldn't work, you were not able to function right. You weren't functioning well, you were suppressed. You were not who you should be. So my grandfather says that um, all of these names are representative of episodes. By the way, Moshe goes back, it says, Alpi Hashem, he writes, he gives these places names. These places did not have names. They're random places in a desert. They didn't have any names. Moshe goes back and names them according to the spiritual matzav in that place that the Torah wants us to know we weren't doing so well. But why weren't we doing so well? What was the cause of these weak moments? So my grandfather explains based on the, as we'll see the Medrash Tanchuma, these were all episodes where Am Yisrael did not take the time to notice and appreciate and become inspired and cause themselves to grow from what was going on. They sort of just like let it pass over them. The various chasadim, nisim that they did not really internalize and did not appreciate and sort of just let it go by or even didn't see it as a nace or a chesed, saw it as a challenge, something difficult. So, some of the, when, when there were episodes that people didn't, in certain key scenarios, really misuse the situation. There was sometimes a magefa. There were a few of those. So let's give an example. 
when here you slept, what does it mean here you slept? Here means you were asleep. There was no hisorus. You didn't, you didn't appreciate what was going on. So for example, the first one, Pasuk 4. Mitzrayim was burying all those firstborns that had been, that had been, oh, I have Hashem's name in here, shoot, that had been um, smitten. My grandfather points out, did you notice something here? Do you realize that Mitzrayim was burying their dead? Mitzrayim didn't bury their dead. They embalmed them and they put them in tombs. They never buried them in the ground. What you did, did you notice? That they were so dis, in, disenchanted with their avodazaras and all the mythology about the afterlife and blah 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 and all this stuff that went into the tombs entombing people, they just buried them like regular. So did you notice that that this that they had lost that awe of their avodazaras? And by the way, the awe that they had for the avodazaras never, never again re sort of re-emerged, re-strengthened re itself in the world. The next great paganistic society after Egypt was Greece. Egypt, of course, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about 1200 BC. By the time you get to Greece, 800, 700 BC, Homer early, the early Greek period, they have a bunch of gods, but they're not like the Egyptian gods were like fearful animals that were threatening and terrifying and people that were like half bear and half eagle and half jackal and they didn't have that by the time you got to the Greeks you had these human-like people who had all sorts of flaws wine women war you could manipulate them it was a, what happened where was the fear where was the terror it wasn't they couldn't muster it up anymore so the because the, the story of the Mitzrayim story the CSM, it, it, it deflated it they couldn't fear these nature gods the way they used to. So, um, so he says you didn't. You were not misora when you saw these things. It didn't like you. You know, you didn't take it to heart. You didn't appreciate what you were looking at. So he says, for example, um, Baltifon. Why does the Torah mention it? Do you realize that Hashem had, you know, had caused all the gods in Egypt, all the idols, all the enormous images. The big ones. Now we were just in Egypt. They still have some remnants of Ramses, and it's twenty feet tall. But they were much bigger ones. Obviously, that were shattered, that were just totally. You know, they lost their entire appeal. But there was one shrine sitting on the banks of the Yamsuf, the shrine to Baal Zephon that God didn't touch. Now Baal Zephon was the water god. They had a shrine on the Yamsuf. And why did Hashem not touch it? He said you didn't notice it. You were like sleeping. And the reason that God didn't touch this was because they, Hashem wanted to bring the Jewish people right in front of the water God. And right there where he sort of had jurisdiction in his big shrine, Hashem would drown all the Egyptians to put like the nail in the coffin that none of the gods have any, have any power. But he said, but the Moshe's pointing out, and we don't know this from the shot. You should have been more inspired astonished grateful than you were at the time you missed things like think great things were happening and you missed them now by the way this is very this is very this is very current this is current i never forget i was in eretz israel 10 15 years ago and and i was speaking to israelis i mean american israelis who had come there and we we're i was giving some sort of talk about and i don't know it was a hallel i think tanya you brought me there something about hallel and we brought up um the difference between Nes Nister and Nes Goloi. 
So we're talking about the idea that a nace galoi is something that you can point at and say, okay, this proves that there's God. There's no other answer. Where a nace nister is that it does, you can't use it to prove that there's God, but it's there to ensure the survival of Amisro. It's always like, you know, that all these lots of lots of nisim that we're used to that just ensure the, the survival and the safety of Amisro, like all the rockets coming in and 99.9% fallen fields and stuff like that. And the Iron Dome is, you know, Baruch Hashem and all that. So I mentioned something like, today we only have nisim nistarum. And these is real Israelis, they're like, no, 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 no. You don't know what's going on here. But that's not what it's going to be. We have Nisim Galuyim here. Like we have huge, astonishing experiences here. And um, and uh, the truth is the whole, these whole two parshios, it gives me a little Halisha Sadas, like a little, it's all about Eretz Yisrael and trying to get into Eretz Yisrael. And, and, and by the way, um, Ruben God and Chatsi Sheva Menashe like didn't prefer it, and they, you know, and that wasn't so great for them. And but also love, and it's all, and you know, we live in America, we love Eretz but sometimes it like in this case, you we, you know, we did not inspired by what's going on in Israel because we're, you know, in my case anyway, I, you know, I'm not so close to it. I don't always live through it, and therefore it could be exactly what Moshe is saying. It didn't wake you up. Do you realize what's going on? You're not seeing what's happening. You got you got to open your eyes. Yeah. You know what? One second. One second. They asked me a few people to that they can't hear the question. Let's wait till the end, and I'm going to repeat everybody's question. Okay. There's another one. He said you were cold. Your inspiration cooled down. You left you Kriyas Yamsov, and three days later you start complaining. Oh, we're all going to die, and Hashem didn't give us water. Okay, that was a hard challenge, but. It was three days from Kriyas Yamsov. Why did you let it just dissipate so fast? And so my grandfather goes on explaining that each of these situations, that is every one of these stops, all the information included, if you make a study of it, you will see that Moshe is really showing Amisrael missed opportunities where they could have been inspired, they could have been awake and they could have been warm and they could have been strengthened, but they let opportunities go by. So what are we saying? If that's what the Tanchum is saying, when we look at our historical journey, because you look at Yechezkel, did I bring it in here? Where in chapter 20, where uh, Yechezkel chapter 20, yes, it's in the back of the, set, of the first page. He refers to our journey through Gullus as Midbar Ha'amun. And he says, just like I guided you and I was and I, I taught you in the Midbar in the desert with your grandparents, I'm so I'm doing in the Midbar Ha'amun. So we know that the journey through the nations, through our historical Gullus is parallel. And so the way we're looking at it is, are there situations that we went through in our long historical Gullus that were hard, they were bitter, or they weren't comfortable, or let's say they weren't what we wanted. They were not easy. And yet Moshe saying, did you miss what was really going on? Did you miss the chesed and the hashgachapratis and the hisorus that you could have had from those experiences? Now, if this is true on a, on a historical level, as we traveled for thousands of years to Gullus, what about on a personal level, okay? On a personal level, we all go through patches that are unwanted, difficult, bitter, challenging. Moshe saying, but you don't let it, you know, the mistakes, don't repeat the mistakes. Don't let it just 
pass you by, be unmoved, untouched, uninspired, that you forgetting to see the behind the scenes, what's going on here and how you're growing and moving forward and moving closer and closer to your, your, your true self, your Eretzestrol, your promised land, your higher Madriga, we're going to see Shabbos, it's called, where you finally get to rest. Uh, and then you look back and you appreciate, if you use everything correctly, you appreciate those challenges. So let's go a little deeper. Now we're going to Maisha Shapiro. Okay, he starts talking about the, um, the 42 stations. We know there's a 42 letter name of Hashem. Now, this is from Imamakim, Bamidbar. Ramosha didn't write anything, but his Talmudim wrote. So some are easier to read and some are harder. This one, this series on Chumash is really well written. Okay, so he says here, brings Rav Tzadik, you know, the famous Rav Tzadik in the Sefer Preet Tzedek. He brings, yikes, oh, thank you for numbering these. You're so good. He brings um, the following idea that each of these 40, first of all, the 42, the 42 that we're talking about here represent the, um, the 42 letters of Hashem's name. There is a, a concept called the 42 letter name of Hashem. We're going to go into that a little bit, what that means, okay? They are connected. They all represent one of the letters in the 42-letter name. Okay. Each letter in the name is in Madriga. And each, and we progress from Madriga to Madriga. So it's a sequence. It has to, right? So there's a journey and there's an, and there's a, and there's challenges that you go that are required to go from Madriga to Madriga. And it takes and it's it, it it busies you, it keeps you involved in a in a you know in a challenging process. And when you get to the next Madriga, you rest. You've achieved it. You built on yesterday, you got to somewhere today. This is about every person and all the days of their life, all the days of your life. They're all with challenges. They're all with work. Now listen carefully. Listen to his words. What's that mean? The days of his asiyah. What does that trigger in your mind? Work days. Cheshes yamim tasa malachtecha. Right, six days, and they're all with work. Vuhu hachana, and it's all a preparation. Levola Shabbos, the second, the seventh day. Okay, demishalo terach by erev Shabbos. My yochel b'Shabbos. If you don't work erev Shabbos in the six days of yemei hamase, what are you going to eat on Shabbos? Now, this has many layers in it. Many, many layers. So first of all, Rambam says it's not a 42-letter name. Nobody can pronounce a 42-letter name. Read the Rambam and the Mornavuchim. It's a bunch of words. It's words that are strung together, totaling 42 letters. We're just, just, I just brought that down to explain that it's really a series of words, which means a series of ideas that are looped, that are linked together, and they are called the 42 name, the 42-letter name of Hashem, or Shem Membes. By the way, if you listen to other Shirim about this parsha, 
or in general, you will hear the number 42 in relationship to other things. Mark it down, put it on the Q&A. We'll talk about it. Okay. So now we have a 42-letter name. And Rav Tzadik already alluded that there's six, six days, six sheishas yimei hamasa, where you work. And then there's Shabbos, where you rest. And if you don't work on Shabbos, you have nothing to, either you can, you can't, if you don't work Arab Shabbos, what are you going to eat from on Shabbos? So if we're talking about six days and there's 42 letters, how are we doing the, the math? Six times seven. So what is the seven nakudos of each day? All right. Thank you. Thank you. What are the seven nakudos, the seven aspects of every one of the six days that in each one of the six days, if we progress through the seven aspects each day, we get to Shabbos, which is the next seven, which is 49. So far so good, you're with me? We're not gonna go into Anabakoach, but you find it a lot in tefillah. After Karbanos, Svirsa Omer, before Lechadodi, look at it, look at the pattern. What's the pattern? What's the pattern of Anabakoach? This is a Kabbalistic poem. Look at the pattern. Six words, seven sentences. So in each of the six days, okay, in each, there are, put it like this, there are seven, there are seven aspects, seven sentences, and all seven, okay, are part of the six, of the, each of the six days. What do we mean by this? So six is this, why are this, what is the six days? Let's start with that. So Rav Moshe always thought there's a famous morale idea. A cube has six sides. Okay, right, left, forward, backward, top, bottom, six sides. It's going to trigger all sorts of thoughts are going to come to your head now, save them, write them down, we'll take them shortly. A cube has six sides. A cube is confined. The six sheishis me'masa, the idea is that in the physical dimension, there are six aspects to the physical dimension. All of them confine us limit us what's the seventh what's the seventh aspect it's inside the cube it's called the nakuda hapnimit the inner point that's like the neshama where does the nakuda hapnimit come from that is of course associated with shabbos but that is really what we call the neshima or the neshama or the ashba there's in this confined in the womb tachas hashemesh like Shlomo Melk says, in under the machitza, it's not, it's all confined, but in the core we have this feed, the umbilical cord, right? The, we have the neshama, the divine exhale. The letter, the number six in Hebrew, it's vav. You know what a vav is? A hook, and so the six components or the six <coughs> limitations, which are the description of our physical world, okay. They connect us, if we live within those confines and appreciate the confines we're in, then we connect ourselves to the nekuda hapnimi. And then after six times seven, you get 42. And then what happens? You get to Eretz Yisrael after the 42 steps. Then you, you're free. You're out of these confines. You're in what's called Eretz Yisrael or Shabbos. Now, Reb Medjistan Chuma says, if you don't prepare Arab Shabbos, what are you going to eat on Shabbos? Meaning there's got to be, there is a process, a guideline to prepare. 
and use these six sides of the cube, six aspects of our realm here and connect them to the Nikuda Pnimi and there's a way to do it. And then you could break free, you get to what's called Shabbos. But if you don't do the work, there's nothing to eat on Shabbos. We're gonna get back to what that means. What is the Nakuda Hapnimi? So here's a condition 1771A says. Watch this. Amrav Yehudamarav. Shame ben Arbanvishtaim, the 42 letter name, name you only teach it to someone. Now, guess what? How many qualities are going to be here? Six qualities. You only teach it to someone who is Tsanua. Sanua doesn't only mean girls not covering their, you know, the covering their elbows. Sanua means that a person is an internal person. Their, their spiritual work is inside. It is not evident to everybody. Nobody knows what you're not saying, what you're not thinking, the negative thoughts you're not thinking, the anger you're not allowing to rise in you, the sense of def being defensive, the ego. Nobody knows what's not coming to the surface and what you're not allowing to be part of you. So there's Tsunua, the anav, humble, even their great accomplishments they see them in resp in 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 reference to how much greater they could be and they always remain humble but omed bachatiyamav you got to not be you got to be mature you have to already have a certain appreciation of the bigger picture a, all of these things are qualities we're going to see where a person is not identified with and attached to their material image or status or situation they are understand that the real identity is inside in character in their amuna. They are humble. They don't think they're better than everybody else. So they have to be at least half their life. Okay. So, yes, mature. Now, wachati yamav is ready, meaning that the childhood part is behind you. Whatever age that is in different cultures, but that part's behind you. But ain't a koes, no, you cannot. That person never gets angry because they don't have that survival mode ego that you're a threat to me you're getting in my way of me getting my needs met and how am I going to neutralize you there's no anger I should have it this way my expectations I this isn't fair I didn't want this they know mishtaker and they don't get drunk which is the other side of the spectrum get me out of here escapist self-soothing you know thing to like just I, this is too painful too hard I'm I can't deal with it so it's either one way is an aggressive fight against it, that's anger, or just a passive surrender that's getting drunk. The Eino Mamed al and they do not defend their, you know, self-image, their status. They're Mamed al they let it go. All of these things is talking about a person who has a character that is very developed, and particularly, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about identifying myself with a much greater reality than I'm part of and the Vav HaChibor connecting to it and channeling it. So the person is not, they're humble, they're working, they're doing a lot of internal work, a lot of coming to terms with things that are difficult or challenges they didn't ask for or they didn't want or situations that they're put into that require them to grow and become more accepting, more patient, less concerned with their own dreams and hopes and whatever it was. 
they're forced and they're humble and they realize that if they're doing the work, every good person out there is doing the work too. And there's a lot more work to do. And what you see in the outside isn't the whole story. And as we said, they're mature enough to understand that it's much bigger than just getting my needs met. Remember that survival mode has two main uh, motivations, self-preservation and self-indulgence. And they're past that. They identify something much more than that. And of course, as we said, anger and drunkenness too. So I think one is just, you know, drug myself into oblivion because I can't handle all these situations that I that are that I didn't want, that I didn't expect, that I don't want to deal with, that I don't want to face, that I don't want to muster up the strength to overcome. I just don't want to deal with them. It's not the plan. And so there's anger and drunkenness. And of course, as we said, very the, the culmination is it's not about me. It's their maver omidosa. They let things go. They don't take things so personally. So as we said, these are the six that the Gemara is alluding to. And they are the six components and we connect. How do you hold them all together? Only if there's the six, the vav hachibor to the seventh, which is the neshama, the neshima, the divine inhale that animates me, the divine exhale really that reaches me, that I understand I'm connected to something much greater. Uh, I didn't put it in the notes, but there are 42 letters from Boratius to the hey of, of ubohu. Boratius, Boratius, from earth. Boratius, I said tohu, ubohu. The hey is the 42 letter. And Moshe says there that the Shamayim and Aretz, when you make a chibor between your confined world in the womb, under the machitza, in the cube, and you connect it to the Shamayim, the upper realms, right? That's your progression along the 42 steps, the Masa'ot. And each day, a person looks at themselves and says, how did I do in these areas? How much am I keeping my eye on the prize? And each masa, each journey leads you to the next place and the next place and the next place. And you keep progressing. And the and what could throw the whole thing into a tailspin is when a person encounters a situation and they just they go to sleep. They don't they don't want to hear about it, right? That's what Tanhuma says. You were sleeping. You were cold. You just didn't let yourself get warmed up. You just closed your eyes. That was it. You didn't. You didn't let yourself gain from the experience that you had to go through. <laughs> that any way you had to go through, you didn't let yourself gain from it. You didn't see how you could grow from it. You didn't use it. You just tried to avoid it. You're averse to it. You tried to go into denial. Just disconnect yourself from it or from the people, or from the situation, and just avoid, and you didn't find the, the, the inner, you know, madrego, which means step to grow from it. So um, this is where we are unwell. What is the Torah, what is the Tanchum is saying? You are unwell. Here you didn't get inspired. There you didn't realize what was going on. There you didn't see behind, appreciate what was the greatness, the, the miracles. That's called unwell. Unwell in our journey to Shabbos, which is a day of menucha, where all of our work can finally settle in. You know, in, in Lahavdil, in yoga, after you do your whole practice, you lay down and you let your practice get absorbed. What's that called? Shavasana. There's so many similarities. So Shabbos is when we break through out of the 42. Now we're in the next seven. Shabbos is seven, the seventh day. That's where you get to the 49. You know, 49 is a whole big thing. Mm -hmm. 
So 49 is that great, perfect, magical number. The next level is 50, which nobody, of course, can get to. That's already in another realm. But Shabbos, this is the thing. Shabbos is very much part of this world. It's part of the cube. It's a time in this world, in this realm, where we're working on making that chibor, the connection, that we get to stop every week and let our work enter, settle into us, and strengthen us, and then give us the koach to go further. So if each week has a Shabbos, our whole life ends in Shabbos. The Jewish journey of 42 places along the way ends in Eretz Yisrael Shabbos. Now, here's the thing the Tanchuma says, but if uh, the uh, now he brings up tzaddik, he says he brings a quote, a famous quote. But if you don't prepare an erev Shabbos, what are you going to eat on Shabbos? Meaning, if a person doesn't do the work and just avoids, 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 then they're no bigger. They never grow. They're no bigger at sixty than they were at twenty as a human being. They've got no more layers, no more depth, no more capacity for any positive emotion like patience or or any or or character they don't have the ability to 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 be a liberated spiritual you know spiritually liberated person happier person more a person who can stop fighting all the parts of our life that we you know that are that have been given to us and just grow themselves in the capacity that they have in the with with their you know with their own inner you know, processing and understanding and then commitment. And the only person you could grow is yourself. And a person who doesn't do the work ends up nowhere. There's nothing to eat. There's nothing to enjoy. There's nothing to feel that a person got anywhere. And the more a person doesn't do the work and avoids, the worse and worse and worse it gets, the more painful it gets. And the more they must turn to anger or, or some sort of drug, self-soothing type of situation. So... So putting these ideas together um, is we really, what we're saying is the, um, to be healthy means that we face even the unpleasant, difficult demands of various situations that come in our life and stop refusing to accept the parts that are difficult and stop fighting them, being angry about them, hating them, being, it's not, it's the feeling they're unfair, just, but letting them be, because they are situations that we have to work through, and they're facts, you know, I once learned that if you have a problem, and you try and try and try to find a solution, and you cannot find a solution, well, guess what, it's not a problem, it's a fact, <laughs> So in that case, we have to, we come to terms with facts, we stop fighting them, we deal with them, we find the good in them, we find where we could grow from them, and then we look back, and he, Rav Tzadik says, you never, 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 Moshe stresses this, nobody ever regrets the growth that they achieved through the difficult times. Nobody ever wants to give up the person they are now the evolved person they are now and go back to that lesser person um, just to avoid the struggles. Even Eov said that, you know. So um, so it's a real paradigm shift. And this is also the, called the, the name of Hashem. And we'll end with this and I'll take all your questions. I'll unmute you guys and I'll repeat all the questions. Um, the name of Hashem, the 42, this is the name of Hashem. As Ramam says, it's a, it's words. It's a few key words that come together that express Hashem. What does it say? 
saying that what a, when we say the name of God, like the Kohen Gadol said in the in the in the Kodesh Kedushim, he said the forty-two letter name. What are we saying? What's Yom Kippur? The chibur, the connection. When we utter the forty-two letter name of Hashem, what we're saying is that we've succeeded in approaching life, where we understand that the qualities necessary to get through the six elements of the physical, the six aspects, the six days of the week is the quality of that seventh in us. And if we hold on to that and preserve that, we'll make it through until we break out beyond the 42. And that's already another dimension. That's what's called, that's the future. But, um, and this is the goal of Yom Kippur. This is called uttering the name of Hashem. Constantly being in this journey is called going through the letters or traveling through the letters of the names of Hashem because Hashem's names doesn't describe Hashem. Hashem doesn't have a personality. Hashem's names is how Hashem operates in the world and how we respond to it and react to it and internalize it. Um, these are the parts of our lives that allow us to attach ourselves to what's called Hashem's name and to really build ourselves and grow ourselves provided we don't go to sleep or just say, I don't feel good. Now, I, I added here a link for those, for uh, all, every, everyone on the Ewein Shirim. And if you want to get the sources every week to your phone and all some, you know, schedule information when there isn't, isn't a Shir and special links and things like that, you can email me at estween at gmail. Um, now, my brother-in-law, Joseph Christel, started a podcast. It's in the mindfulness sort of path. And he, his latest, um, his latest 10 minute uh, um, podcast is called The Unwanted. It's, I loved it. I loved how it dovetailed with this Parsha. And I put the link here. If you want to follow him, you can follow me. Also started a podcast with 10 minute stories for kids that they can listen to all nice, all with messages, you know, good messages. So you can click on this and follow Joseph Gristel. Okay, Gerstel. Yeah, you'll see if you click on the link. Okay, questions. I want, don't turn that off. I want to take all your questions and I want to, um, hold on, I'm unmuting you. So one second, and I'm going to repeat your questions. So first, let me start with the people in the room. Yes. Omed B'chatzi Yamav. So we, okay, so what is Omed B'chatzi Yamav? So it's, you know, I didn't go through the Pirushim on the Gemara, but Rav Moshe says, in my mamakim maturity, you're past the childish stage where it's all about me and all of the negativity that comes with, I don't, <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's, you know what? When the life expectancy was 40, half your life, they were mature at 15. You know what I mean? Now we don't mature till 30. I don't know. So, but it, it, it's, you know, it is when you're in the box, when you're in the box, okay? You know how we once learned that we should all make a list, right? I, sometimes I, I, when I teach kids and students, like I make a list of every single part of your life that you didn't get to select. You didn't get to choose. Your parents, your siblings, your spouse, you can choose your spouse, but not their choices. Your kids, your body, your mind, your temperament, your abilities, your disabilities, the generation you're born into. I mean, like basically everything. There's a confine. We live in... We live in the confines of a situation that we didn't get to choose. They were in a midbar. There was nowhere to go. Rambam says, by the way, don't think they were by civilized cities and they could buy stuff. No, they were in the middle of a midbar. That's very important, by the way. We didn't even go into that whole thing because 
they were in the midbar. They were stuck in a situation. That's it. And they had, and they came to places that had, that didn't have water or the water was bitter or whatever. They, they were facing challenges that they, you know, that they didn't get to choose. And that's the six, you know, limits of our life. And, um, and, so the whole so Michelle is asking, you know, they came out of it. Mitzrayim, yes, the entire concept of Sally saying this is everybody's journey. Mitzrayim is Mitzar. It's your young, childish, you know, a you know, number one when you're young and childish, you don't even realize what your confines are. Then you begin to realize, hey, these are my confines, and I didn't choose them, and I don't want them. We talked about this. We talked about this two weeks ago. Very, very important when we talked about hukas. Okay. The 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 whole question of like, hey, I didn't ask to, I didn't ask to get this situation. I didn't ask to be here. Why do I have to play by these rules? Why do I have to deal with this? I didn't even ask for this. Why, you know? And we talked about that and the, what that leads to. Very important to review that. So we all come from Meitzar, from Tsar, from Tsara, Paro, Afar. We talked all about these ideas, and uh, yeah, and then we break out, and that's when you get into the midbar. Like, okay. So if this is my situation, now what am I going to do with it? And how do I negotiate everything? So it's really similar to our every person's journey. Yes, Sandy. Yes. Yeah. So okay, Sandy's saying, but it says about a malik that they cooled them down. Very similar to this. The mullet cooled them down, and the mushal is the the hot bathtub. And the same here. When my grandfather says the same idea, you were you were inspired, you were warm, you were full of your blood, you were passionate. Thank you, Lana. And you just got let. You know, you lost that fire, and that's what a mullet did. They made you remember a mullet. We talked about it again in Chukas nihilism. What's the point? You, again, this remember one of our questions. Since it's your world, Hashem, anyway, and I'm in the six the confines, and anyway, you're going to lead the world the way you want to. And anyway, no matter what I do against you, it doesn't matter. You're just, you have your own plan and your own destiny. So what I, and even my missus don't really change anything there. So why should I bother, right? We talk, this is very important to review that share, Chukas. And, um, and so that, that cools people off. Um, so I just realized, and I brought Yeah. Um, it's anti the bundle sins. Anti. It's oh, very nice. Come from this. Oh, very nice. And so Ilana's Ilan is referring to Anabakoa, which we didn't go into the words, but she said, um, she says um, it's about. Let me see. Yeah, untie the bonds. Well, we want to make a chibor to the right thing and detach ourselves. <laughs> from the wrong things. By the way, very important to mention here, people in their search for spiritual, you know, direction, there is a, there is a concept and you find it in the, in, in Hasidish and Jewish thought, and you find it out there in the secular spiritual realm. It's called equanimity. Hishtavas, you've heard about this? Equanimity. Be very careful. The, the, the equanimity can go in two ways. Equanimity is, is about attachment. Nothing matters. I won't get attached to anything. Nothing can affect me. I won't, and and I won't be if I'm attached to anything. Then not achieving it or losing it, or it could all hurt me. By the way, this was ancient Stoicism in Rome. Same thing. 
It's the Buddhist idea of lack of attachment. When it's transferred to this in the in the Torah way, in the more Hasidish way, which they called Hishtavus, it's equanimity that don't get overreactive to anything because it's not about you. It's again what we're saying, Hakadosh Baruch is giving you situations. Don't get, don't, don't, don't view it strictly from your lens of what does this mean about how I'm going to get my, according to me and my dreams and my wishes. By the way, there's a book about it. Yes, yeah, so, so detachment yeah. from the things that attach us, which bad. yes, but things that we that we get attached to are often our own personal dreams and wishes and hope, which lead us to Avera, and we have to detach. But we can't detach so much that we're apathetic. Okay. By the way, a book, a famous book, was written by Moshe Gersh. It's called it's, it's all the same to me. You read that book? It's about Hishtabas. It's a, it's you know basic. It's written for the re the general population, not just Jews. But there, just be aware this concept of Hishtavas could go in two different ways. It could go in a very trafe way, disattachment from everything. How do you spell that? How do you spell? One second. Hishtavas, Haitian, tough, love, love, tough, maybe. Say that again. You told us to remind you about 42. Well, we talked about 42. No, but you said, while you were saying this, you said there are 42 letters, which are the Hashem's um, name. Yeah. Of and then you said, and remind me afterwards. I don't know what she was <laughs> Can you repeat the question? He said, what did I say to remind me about? <laughs> oh, the number keeps coming up in other ways. Do you know any place where the number 42 comes up? Good. All right, Mikla. Okay. Put it on the Q&A. We'll talk about it there. And, and Shema. Good. Shema, 42 letters. Excellent. Shema is in your miklat. That's very nice. We'll talk That's about it. That's it. All right. Now, I want to tell you, yeah, Jenny. What do you mean by 42 and the Are Miklat? There are 42, um, are, good question. 42 Are Levia, which also functioned as Are Miklat, plus six and additional ones, which is the six. Yes. I have a whole share on this. By the way, a couple of years ago, there's a whole share about that. So, Will, we could post it. Yeah. Some did, some didn't. Some of them did, and some of them didn't. Women, the people. Well, if they were under 20 at the time of the Moragua and they went through all 40, the ones who made it were under 20. We're under 20. And the truth is, that's a very good point. It's interesting. The ones that made it through all the 42 stops were under 20. It means they came out of Mitzrayim. They were, let's say, 19. They didn't die because of the Miraglim, and then they went through the whole thing. And now they're ready to enter. So, so under 20 is very interesting because that means that when they hit 20, okay, they were already part of the journey. And we know it's very interesting. I'm just saying this, this is just my own thought came to head. You're not high of them in Adam Lamakum until you're 20. 20 is when like the neocortex begins to grow in, when your capacity to attach the material and the spiritual just begins to develop. Because before that, you're literal, you're practical, you don't really have the ability to be abstract and to connect your material needs and your you know instant your your need for instant gratification and literal understanding of things to more uh, esoterical <laughs> ideas. So that's very interesting. Also, I want to also tell one little quick story about my grandfather, but Esther. Uh, Bala, because Bill tried to 
So Esther Goodman saying to turn Bill, it goes well with Balak because he turned, he wanted to, his klalos became brachas. He took what could have been a negative view and it was twisted into a positive view, which is a way of seeing everything in a positive, it's very good. My grandfather, you know, my grandfather, it's very funny, personal. I don't tell so many stories, but uh, we have some time now because I think in the future, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna keep this year to like 40 minutes and then have more discussion. So Mika my, said that Matovo has 42 words. It does? Wow. Matovo has 42 she posted, words? She just posted it on the chat. Mika wrote that. Wow. 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 Good girl. So yeah. tell me, don't hachamot. Such good, such good uh, tradition. That's amazing. I had a question about something. I want, to just tell, I want to say one thing and I'm going to take your question. So my grandfather is very funny. I'm married to Heshi. Heshi's grandfather of Yaakov Moshe Shurkin. The famous legendary, legendary mechanic in America. He literally, his he was an orphan. His mother was killed by the Cossacks. His father died. He ended up in Raden by the Chabad time. He literally lived at the Chabad time for 20 years. And we always make a joke about this. They don't have any stories. My grandfather spent one Shabbos by the Chabad time. And there are so many stories. And they've been published a thousand times. And they've been printed. And they've been told over. <laughs> anyway, so one of the stories in the Chabad time is that my grandfather was sitting there, Shalashudis, in this little one-room hut. And, um, and the Chabad time was speaking. It was 1929. And he was saying all sorts of things that my grandfather repeated many times beyond that. One of the things he said, and it's not because he was a Navi, because he read the papers and because he knew what was going on, he was a Chacham, and the Chavaz time said, I'm looking 10 years into the future, and 12 million is Kinderspiel, child's play. And my grandfather said, what's he talking about? He said, oh, he always talks about this. He's referring to how many people died in the First World War. So he saw already what was happening in Europe, and, um, and uh, he was already, you know, my grandfather, Baruch Hashem, he took a lot of things from the Chavetz Chaim and certainly he, he, many other reasons he got himself out Baruch Hashem in 1936. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is that he was sitting by the Chavetz Chaim and the Chavetz Chaim was speaking and divrei Torah and ideas and insights were coming out of his mouth. And my grandfather looked out of the window and on the little dirt road over there and Rod and people were just schmoozing and spazering and talking and Shabbos afternoon. And my grandfather's like, the Chavetz Chaim is right here speaking. You could all just walk in. And you're just walking by and like, and he said that time he made a promise to himself, I will never intentionally waste an opportunity to learn and to grow and to like, to gain from where I am in the moment. So that was just, a, just, a, yeah. What, um, Yafa, what are you going to say? Okay, so when they were about, to, when, when the Maraglim thing happened with, in the Midbar, they were like already in their, just beginning their second year, right? So then, then they had to add additional 40. So it's like they were really in the desert for 40. 38. Oh, they, oh, the total was 40, not, not an additional 40? Yeah, correct. Okay. Okay. That was an easy Esther, one. I wanted to tell you yeah. that it was in 2016 when we went to that um, sukkah, the sukkah's halal thing. Oh, yeah. But then I took it, so it was 2016. It wasn't so long ago. So long ago. But I learned a lesson there. It's just oh, yeah. You've just, repeated you it many times. Just because you don't notice stuff, that's your problem. <laughs> You're the one losing out. So according to Medicine Huma, Moshe is repeating this uh, really not for that purpose at all. 
The purpose is to point out for the future, masa of a similar abundance for the next few thousand years of Gullus, don't miss opportunities. So Moshe is actually alluding to, and I'm sure it'll be Moshe Mashiach, we will go backwards and reopen this list of 42 and every single one of these places will be somewhere that we remember in the Gullus, exactly what happened there, where it was and what the situation was and what we forgot to appreciate and what we didn't realize the Nisan behind the scenes. And we're gonna know what these places are. So Moshe is really giving us something that I think stays encoded till the future fully as to what it is that was really going on that, that I'm sure some people noticed, but not everyone really appreciated. And by the way, you should, I, another thing is, you know, this whole last two parshas about Eretz Yisrael, getting to Eretz Yisrael, wanting to get to Eretz Yisrael, I feel that, um, is my personal opinion, it's hard to not acknowledge the crazy Nisim going on in Eretz Yisrael in terms of the, the big things, the, the six day war, the explosion of Torah learning, the, 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 the shift in the country. I know there's 150,000 people uh, you know, demonstrating, but that is not the whole country. That's nothing in the country. There's 7 million Jews in the country. And the shift is totally going towards traditional Torah, learning Torah. It's hard not to see the uh, ex crazy explosion of success of 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 intel of all sorts of chachma of, of every level the 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 land blooming in places that were desolate. I mean, to and to not to, we have to be nispal from these things all the time. There's a fabulous chat called Just My Israel. It's an amazing chat. It just posts from people all over the world. Amazing, inspirational, fabulous things about Israel. I'm going to post the link. I got on it recently. Karen May posted one of my things, and then my brother. I get a text. I'm on this chat and something from you just came up. I'm like, I'm not even in this chat. It was when I was in, a, in the, Afula, the, the Hula Valley. Anyway, I'm going to post the link. Yes, one more question, Michelle. I, yeah, 42 and 49. We, right, we said after 42, that's six days, of infusing it with the seven, the Nakuda Panimi and connecting it all. So instead of being feeling trapped in the confines, recognizing that the inner core, this keeps the inner core, this is where our inner core functions within these confines, within these limits, which are the six that the Gemara says, the humility and, and avoiding when we understand that we free ourselves from that. When we break through the 42, then you're in the seven, which is Shabbos. And that's what he says, if you don't prepare Arab Shabbos, what do you can eat on Shabbos? If we don't do the work, then there's no Shabbos. There's no breakthrough to anywhere. That's the 49. The last seven is Shabbos. Six, seven aspects to each six, and then the next seven, which is Shabbos. Okay, everyone, have a beautiful Shabbos. Talking about Amen. Thank you, Esther. Good job. Thank you, Esther. Thank you. 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 Thank you